a tempo right. run, usually you want to keep the time between 20 to 40 minutes. And that's why I say 10K or less. So that can be a tempo run. With a race setting, it can help you push towards the tempo pace. But you also need a self-discipline to keep you not going over the tempo pace. So that's why I emphasize on this. This category, you need insanely high self-discipline. If you have ever asked yourself, how do I run a race injury-free or get out of the constant injury cycle, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, where I will teach you how to enjoy lifelong injury-free running so you can continue getting in those mental clearing runs and even hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid half marathoner, coach, running physical therapist, and founder of Spark Physical Therapy Healthy Runner where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you have been told to stop running with an injury. Learn more about our signature coaching program at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Have you been running 30 plus miles per week for a while and strength training consistently, but your marathon times are not improving? Do you feel like your body is ready to push the limits, but you're feeling stuck and not anywhere close to getting a PR anytime soon? I have Coach Lou from our Healthy Runner coaching team here with me today, and we are going to take the guesswork and save you countless years being a frustrated runner because you're not shaving time off your marathon. And Coach Lou, I'm super excited to bring you back on the show. Thank you so much uh, for, you know, coming on to share all of your knowledge, experience, and wisdom. Glad to be back. Yeah, no, this is going to be fun. And this is a, this is a topic that I am, you know, constantly learning myself as I'm kind of dipping my toe in some of, you know, the training that we are going to talk uh, about today. So running friends, have you run a bunch of marathons, but you're not getting any faster. You're just not getting that time that you set for yourself, whether it is, you know, the elusive BQ or it's a PR that you would like to get. Do you feel stuck? as a marathoner, and you really don't know where to turn because you keep doing the free plans off the internet or the ones that come with the major marathons that you signed up for, but you either get injured or you don't hit your goal time. Do you want to get faster and not get injured during your training so you can cross that finish line after 26.2 miles feeling stronger than ever? If so, then this is the training for you. Coach Lou and I are going to cover marathon training tips to PR or get a PB. And we're going to cover who would benefit from advanced marathon training. What are the five keys to advanced marathon training? What is the goal of advanced marathon training? What is the prerequisite that we need before we start this type of training? And then really break down what are the three distinct phases of advanced marathon training? And then We're going to educate you on a topic that has been fairly new to me, 
um, in, we're going to talk progression runs and what they are and what phase of marathon training um, should you be adding these into your program. So Coach Lou, you know how we do this. Um, give all the new listeners in our Healthy Runner community um, a little bit of backstory about yourself and let them know how many marathons um, you yourself have done personally. Hello, Coach Lou here. In case you don't know, I'm, I'm Coach Lou in the Healthy Runner group. I'm at one of the team Spark coaches. I'm a run coach, of course, and I'm a personal trainer and a runner myself. I was born in the southeast of China. The weather is like Florida, humid, hot, so I don't like to run before, other than chasing for the last school bus. <laughs> if not, I, I miss it, right? But I didn't like to run. But so that's fast how you forward, so fast, yeah. is chasing those school buses. <laughs> Only a little intervals. It, fast forward 2017, I started my first half marathon. And after that, I don't feel too bad despite a, a thousand feet plus elevation gain, um, I did my first marathon. And then three years later in 2020, during the pandemic, I get a little more time. I become a run coach. That's when we, I start officially working with you in the Healthy Runner group. And that's my first time qualified for Boston as well. And I ran my first Boston in 2021 and have been running ever since. I'm going to run Boston next year. So maybe see some of you next year. Yeah. So you, uh, you've, that will be three Boston marathons for you yeah. uh, within like what, 24 months? <laughs> yes. 2021 and 2022 is only four months away because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And it you've learns. been doing some exceptional things in, in your running. And um, we actually, for those uh, who are hopping here um, on the live in our Healthy Runner Facebook group, uh, shout out to all you guys. Coach Whitney's here. Coach Katz here. Hi. Gene's here. Adam is saying congratulations on Team Ultra Possibilities. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Yeah, you just did an amazing um you know, run, I guess that, yeah. Do you want to just share um, what the run was that you did on uh, this past Saturday? This one. <laughs> so it's a 95 mile run, three people. So it's an ultra team. We, we did three legs. So I did the first leg is 12 miles and second leg, eight miles and third leg, 16 miles. And that was in at 3 p.m. and in the afternoon when it's hot and we were 10 minutes behind the cutoff time. So we are about to get swept. I don't usually have that experience before. <laughs> I bet you don't. <laughs> I work really hard, get us a little extra minutes. And then both Coach Cat, you're in the same team, and Mike, we work very hard. We are thinking of Achilles. We are fundraising for Achilles. Those people with disabilities get back to running. We're thinking of these people. They are facing a lot more challenges than we are facing. So we fought through it. We were the last team made into the cutoff. Oh my goodness. Wow. But you didn't get swept? Almost. Almost. Almost, we, but you didn't. We yeah. were escorted by the sweeping bicycles. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's pretty amazing though. I can't even imagine, honestly, like now doing a 16 mile run, how hard that is like to actually do that after 
you already ran, would you say an eight and a 12? 20, yeah, 20 miles. Holy cow. Um, in that same day is just like truly remarkable. Honestly, I'm so proud of uh, you, Mike and um, Coach Cat, and all of the, you know, awareness that you raised for the cause. Um, Achilles is a, a fantastic organization. So yeah, congratulations to you. And, um, you know, this past weekend, and I know you've had a lot of marathon successes yourself personally. Um, but I know you've helped so many of our, you know, coaching clients this past year, um, you know, hit some of their marathon successes. And, you know, I, I just think about, um, you know, Francisco, who has been on the podcast before, um, who at age 54, you know, started running, um, you know, to lower his cholesterol and, you know, he was feeling stuck and hitting a plateau and, you know, he was even getting a little bit slower and, you know, my, like most new runners, he was like doing the same miles every day. He didn't know he should be strength training and he was stuck and needed some direction. And I know you worked with him personally and, you know, he really went from being stuck to literally qualifying for Boston, um, he's crushing at, it. His, at his marathon. And he, he's continued to make gains, uh, much of you know, much due to, you know, what we're going to be talking about today in today's episode of really, how do we get faster for the marathon? Mm -hmm. And what is the specific training that that entails? And I guess, you know, I want to preface this conversation with, if this is your first marathon, and you, mm -hmm. you know, are fairly new to running, and you haven't run a bunch of half marathons, you haven't done, you know, we're going to talk about like who this training is for, but if you haven't done a bunch of speed work, then I'm really going to direct you to our previous episode um, that coach Latoya shared some amazing tips for beginner marathon runners, right. Yes. And the beginner runner. Um, so if, if that is you, then you are really not going to want to um, listen to this specific episode. You're going to want to go back and listen to the episode um, with Coach Latoya, where she really breaks down what you need to be focusing on for your um, marathon goals. Um, yes. Yeah. So I guess you know, as um, as myself, kind mm -hmm. of going through uh, this marathon training that you are. Mm -hmm you know, coaching me through and, you know, Great. seeing some of the training that has been on my plan. And, you know, I, I know this is a topic that I really wanted to have on the podcast because this is, you know, kind of that topic that can get people through their sticking point. And I know you're working with many people right now, and that's what your goal is to get them over this hump, right? Get them over this plateau. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited to kind of, you know, dive into this training and I'll share some of my personal experience, you know, yeah. for myself going through some of this training, but if you can, um, you know, coach Lou, can you just share, you know, who is really going to benefit from kind of this advanced marathon training, um, that we're going to talk about. Say someone who's running consistently a decent month mileage. I would say 35, even 40 miles plus per week without injuries over the last six weeks or more. That's what we call consistency. 
and who has been strengthening consistently. I know Coach Latoya mentioned that in the beginning of um, marathon training. This is also important in the advanced marathon training. It's cons consistency is key and the strength is key. And your body is ready to push the limit, mentally prepared. Mental is so important in the training. We don't just train our body, we train our mind as well. For endurance sport, especially. And someone who <laughs> can go out tomorrow and run half marathon, no problem. And ideally, not your first marathon. However, if you consistently run 40 plus miles a week, no injuries, a lot of strength training, like Rachel and like Francisco, yep. you may be able to jump into this advanced marathon training. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a really good point. So just to make sure that I understood you correctly, we're really talking about the runner that's consistently running like 35 miles per week. They're not injured. They're not feeling aches and pains. Um, and they've done this over a significant, you know, period of time at minimum yeah. six weeks, right? So they, they've been doing that for six weeks, not like one week or two weeks. And this is something mm -hmm. new, but they're, they've shown, they have this body of work that they can run that mileage consistently for that yes. six week time period. In addition to actually doing strength training, because this is going to be very protective during this advanced marathon training that we're going to be talking about, um, protective yes. for your body. And then you're, they're feeling like, Hey, my body's ready to push the limits. And actually Lou, now that you said that, that mm -hmm. was what I was feeling, right? Like after my last half marathon, nice. I made my big announcement and like I had my reflection episode of that half marathon. Like I felt like basically what you just said is I felt like my body was, Hey, like I did this marathon. I was happy with my you know time. I hit my goal. I really pushed my body to the limits, but I feel like I, I was ready to like, finally, right. After five years, like go back for seconds, you know, for the marathon. Um, and that you're really set up where you could go run a half marathon because your training is such that you've built out that mileage where you yes. can be like, Hey, there's a half marathon two or three weeks from now. And you like can sign up and do it. No it's not like going to take you weeks to build up to that half marathon. And ideally mm -hmm. it's not your first marathon, but like you said, there are exceptions to the rule. Um, mm -hmm. I think Francisco is an excellent, um, you know, exception to that rule. And, and by the way, guys, if you are um, wondering about, I know we mentioned Francisco before, but Francisco actually shared his in-depth story of how he did qualify for Boston um, in episode 132 on the Healthy Runner podcast. So I will kind of link that, um, you know, interview with Francisco um, in the show notes to this episode. Um, but yeah, I think he was a great example. Then Rachel also shout out to Rachel. I just love Rachel. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Rachel has She's been amazing. within our community um, for the better part of over two years now, really. Um, and she's just been crushing. Like I remember in the beginning, she only ran one half marathon and then, you know, she got a half marathon PR. Actually, she's been on the podcast as well, way back yes. when in the archives, actually. Uh, so for those who have like literally been listening to the podcast forever, um, 
Rachel's been on the show. I think she was honestly our first like ever coaching client that shared her story on the podcast. So I'm going to wow. have to link that episode um, in the show notes as well. But she's a good example of she's never run a marathon before, but she's doing some exceptional training right now. And yeah, when I see her crushing her runs, that motivates me as well. Um, all right. So that's who would benefit um, from this advanced marathon training. And again, if you don't meet that criteria, guys, like you're not going to start, you know, jotting down notes from Coach Lou today and be like, ooh, I'm going to add this in. I'm No. Because again, like we are concerned about your long-term health. We are all about longevity, lifelong running here at Healthy Runner. Um, so if you don't meet this criteria, you're going to go back, listen to episode 134, where Coach Latoya and I really talked about a 16-week marathon training for beginners. Um, start there, get some wins under your belt, get a marathon or two under your belt using that type of plan, and then come back and listen to this episode. All right. I just want to really make that clear guys, because, you know, you see so much information out there on YouTube, on Instagram, on right. And like, sometimes we see this content and we're just like, Oh, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing this. So we coach Lou and I, we really thought about this um, because we want to be really clear on this is for a specific runner um, who's going to be able to implement the strategies we're going to talk about today because if you're not there, you are going to wind up getting injured. And we know we are not about that no, here no. at Healthy Runner. Um, all right, Lou. So what mm -hmm. are the five keys to advanced marathon training? I saw them make it into a spark. <laughs> um, so spark and... has five letters in case you guys yes. are wondering here. So uh, Coach Lou, very creatively, uh, made this utilizing uh, the letters of Spark. So we're going to talk about S first. And what does the S stand for? Slow down. Believe or not, you want to run faster, you got to slow down. The so common, the beginners run too fast in the easy runs. To say you may say that oh I'm a beginner or even advanced when you get just into advanced running right you if you keep the same pace you don't get, get improved you compare to those like super fast marathoners you say oh I'm slow it's all relative slow down at your easy pace we talk about RPE all the time if you're not familiar a quick refraction is um, RPE on scale of ten ten being the hardest one being the easiest usually easy run should be four to five recovery run three to four even marathon pace six to seven for example so keep the easy run really easy fun fact seasons runner race way faster in their race pace compared to the normal run pace well beginner runner essentially have similar pace. For example, take myself for example, I race 640 something pace for the marathon, but my easy runs are usually 845 or more. So two minutes plus slower. However, when I start, all my long runs, easy runs are usually eight minutes per mile and my marathon pace eight minutes per mile. So everything the same. You see that as you become more seasoned runner, the easy run actually gets slower down 
one minute slower, but the marathon pace get one minute faster. So that's a huge difference. There's this competition with social media, Strava competition. When you see someone's doing a workout, like a, a fast guy doing a workout, then easy run, like, oh, nine minutes per mile. So then, then I say this competition, right? I want to compete. If he can do nine, nine minutes per mile, I'm going to do that too. If I do every workout he does, and I may do the same marathon, but then it's not because nine minutes per mile is easy for him, but, or she, she, but not probably, but it's not for you. It, you have to find your own easy pace and you can get use RPE or use your coach, um, listen to your coach or use a recent race time to de de determine the easy pace. Eventually is you train at your easy pace. So the other thing is that you train at your easy pace so you can push hard in the hard runs. That's what makes you faster. There's a lot yeah. of things, but essentially slow down. <laughs> yeah. And I love how you brought that up first, um, because man, like how, how much have we uh, talked about that in previous episodes? I feel like, you know, the last, uh, you know, five or 10 episodes, we've literally mentioned that with whatever guests that we've had on with whatever expert we've had on. So this is not just like us talking, you know, and made this up. Um, this stuff is what, you know, the experts are doing. And it's what we've implemented in our own personal training. And I can now say that now that I've officially even slowed down my easy runs even more um, yeah. and that we work on with our clients and we see such a difference when our clients do slow these easy runs down. Um, so I love that you brought that up first and it is such, you know, I, I talked about that in my, you know, half marathon, like lessons learned episode 128, that that was a key to, you know, running the two consistent, like fast half marathons was that I started doing my easy runs even slower. And so, yeah, you guys have heard it here before. It's not the first time. It probably will not be the last time if I had to guess. So what is the second key um, to advanced marathon training? What does the P stand for? The P in spark? The purpose. Everyone has a purpose. You don't go out and just run. Well, if you just go out for a run, that's a purpose itself. You just kill time. However, once you become an advanced runner, you want to you want to maximize the efficiency. So you if you just go out and do whatever run, you don't improve. So each run is a purpose, specific purpose to to maximize the efficiency. You get improved. Easy runs, <laughs> back to easy runs. <laughs> Uh, to strengthen your heart muscle and the heart muscle get a max contraction at 60 to 65 percent max heart rate if your heart rate get increased it just pump faster but the muscle doesn't get stronger so you don't really need to go faster than that and that's rpe four to five on scale of 10. All right. So yeah. we have purpose. Yeah. We have purpose for our runs. Um, if we are running easy, like there's a purpose yeah. because we're working on that aerobic base. We're working on, yeah. you know, is a specific RPE. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. And then also if we're, you know, running a specific workout, there's a yes. purpose to that workout. It's not like, oh, one day I'm going to do like tempo pace. One day I'm doing interval play pace, right? Like this is all purposeful structured out 
yeah so that's why as coach we educate we don't just give you workout we educate you for example tempo run usually like what you did today tempo run seven mile tempo it's not seven miles start from tempo and all the way all the way you have two miles warm up and for you this is a four mile tempo run non-stop and then one mile at the end why four miles because the tempo run should be 20 to 40 minutes and at your current fitness four miles fit in that 20 to 40 minutes range so that works and the two miles before is to get your body warm up so you it's ready to take that the hard impact of tempo runs and good example work, and that was a yeah. really hard yeah. workout by the way today <laughs> that was my I, first time yeah. for those uh who didn't catch that uh coach Lee was actually talking about the the training run i did this morning um which was the first time that i did do a four miles at my threshold pace or kind of this tempo run um and i really liked i shared this um within um one of our communities uh today about the warm-up i really love you know, again, my, uh, my, my kind of share today was, and I'll share it here. Um, for those who are over 40 years old, um, start doing your warm up miles a little bit longer, meaning miles. So typically most plans will say like one mile warm up and then do your tempo run one mile warm up and then do your interval track workout. I found such a difference, um, in my body and what it's able to produce and not feeling flat for my first couple of intervals, not feeling flat for the first mile of a tempo run. Um, my muscles feel like they're ready to go, turned on. My joints are a lot more um, looser. They're not feeling okay. stiff. Um, yeah. So for those over 40, I highly recommend, uh, you know, you adding in a mile warm up, and it's not going to wear you out. It's not going to tax you where, oh, now you're running seven miles versus you would have ran six miles if you did four miles at tempo pace, um, because you're running those first two miles, like Coach Lou said, easy and slow, right? Yeah. It's not going to tax you, but you're going to feel like that much warmed up for the actual purpose going back to coach Lou's purpose p here um of your actual workout for that day um so in winter you might want one at one more miles three miles because when it's sub-zero right that's probably what what you need to take yeah that makes sense and winter. you would know when you're training for boston uh all last winter in that cold yeah. cold weather having to do uh interval uh workouts all right so yeah. what does the a stand for in spark before we move to a purpose, there's actually purpose, not just for training, it's also for racing. We all get excited by races. We sometimes we feel, have the fear of FOMO, <laughs> but if you are really going for time, going for maximum efficiency of fitness, you, you may think twice before signing up for a race. Let's break in the runners into all outrun racers. Like you go out a race, you go, you go all out. You don't leave anything behind, which is common. However, that usually means to get the maximum performance, you need a few days of tapering. And after a race, you hurt yourself so bad. So you need a little extra days of recovery. So that breaks your plan for sure. But yeah, it so does have a purpose. purpose of the taper and then the recovery. Okay. Perfect. It does have, but it does have purpose. It prepare you for the race 
mindset. Mindset is important to get ready to get the logistics. And I always always recommend a half marathon um, tune-up run before a marathon because it's very similar setting and it's a good test of the fitness. So it has a purpose. You can go out all out for that. But this is this it will require some modification to your plan. And if you have many races, your plan will be broken. You you because you don't you, you don't have enough time to recover for the next workout. If you just push through it, you injure yourself. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And again, we've talked about that as, as well as getting too race happy. And I like how you, you mentioned kind of that tune-up half marathon, which by the way, mine is coming up in less than two weeks now. Uh, my tune-up half before the fall. Um, but yeah, there's a purpose to it, right? It serves a purpose. It's a great practice setting mm -hmm. for getting in that race mode and practicing all of the, the race day strategies that we yeah. share in our blueprint um, and really going through those pieces and just Again, you know, it's like silly, simple things in terms of, you know, what are we doing with our nutrition the day before, right? What are we doing the morning of? How are we grabbing the water? Like, what are we using, yeah. right? It's like you get to practice all those things before the big event. And like you said, it's not doing too many of those races. You're not doing like three to five tune-up races before your marathon. Um, you're picking one, right? And that's kind of your, your goal. And it has that purpose. Okay. Awesome. Right. You also pr practice your mind, um, your mind power that you, you, when you race hard, half marathon is hard enough that the last few miles you'll feel pretty painful and you want to push through that will, it's going to hurt you a little bit, but if you advance runner, you, you are not <laughs> unfamiliar with that, that kind of pain. It's not like the injury pain is the training hard, hard pain. You're going to, endure through that lactate as threshold you're going to endure through the the hard work so that's that's also the purpose marathon is just going to be harder but if you push from half marathon it's the closest one you can get that's a that's a great point is that we're not only training our muscles but we're training our brain to withstand the discomfort that we're going to feel if your goal is Right. Again, now we're talking to exactly what the prerequisites were that we talked yeah. about, like, who is this training for? It's for mm -hmm. someone who's looking to get a PR, someone to break a plateau, right? They're looking to get faster. There's going to be a lot of discomfort involved in that on race day. Yeah. It right. is right. It's the reality of it. So we need to train our brains to withstand when yeah. our brain is telling us, slow down, slow down. This is uncomfortable. Like, how do we kind of push through? that mm -hmm. level of discomfort, not yeah. injury, like you mentioned. Um, but we do that in training and we do that in these purposeful, um, tune-up races as well. So yes, totally agree. And, yeah. And if, well, they're not just, some of the runners are not all out runners. If you're just running for fun, I don't expect that to be very often for advanced runners, but if you're just running for fun, no, no problem. The very weird type is people with insanely high self-discipline is very rare. You can treat as a, the, uh, the race as a workout. For example, any race over an hour, you can make it as part of the long run, but towards the end, like 
example here, a half marathon to not run. Uh, you can add two miles in the in the in the beginning, which help you to get them run the marathon, half marathon faster, and one mile run at the end. So that becomes a 16 mile run, but that is not just for mileage, the two miles in the beginning and the one mile at the end actually help you get into the race and then help you recovery. So that's that's a good example of the long run or a, a, another race that's short, like 10K or less than that, you can treat as it's a tempo run. And that can be, then can also be part of a long run or just a workout itself. A tempo right. run, usually you want to keep the time between 20 to 40 minutes. And that's why I say 10K or less. So that can be a tempo run. With a race setting, it can help you push towards the tempo pace. But you also need a self-discipline to keep you not going over the tempo pace. So that's why I emphasize on this. This category, you need insanely high self-discipline. So that can you can use that as a kind of workout. I see. Okay. So we're not going all out race effort in that 10 K right. where you're taking yourself to a 10 out of 10 effort level, no. right? Because that's not your goal race no. and that's not part of the training, no. right? There's purpose to it. Okay. Yes. All right. What does the A stand for in spark? Now we get to A. So A is M. M as a weakness, we said experience either from you yourself or from a coach, you analyze. Sometimes you just have to look at the data. You analyze the data and then see your weakness at whether that's speed or is it endurance or muscle imbalance that's more your expertise or race prep. That's something we over overlook all the time and refueling, nutrition, right? The shortest board of the barrel is what determines how much water you can hold. So aim at the weakness and that you actually need experience or guidance. I love it. I love it. So we're aiming to find the weakness yes. and either utilizing, you know, our experience of running multiple marathons and knowing like, hey, I am just not good at, you know, speed and running fast at all. I can't do shorter stuff or I'm just not good at holding that speed, right? For stamina, right? And we'll yeah. kind of get into, you know, when we talk about the phases of training um, or it is just that preparation. Okay. All right. That makes sense. What does the R stand for um, in Spark? Before the R, I, I have an example for the A. Actually, yeah, Liz. give us another example. Yeah. Liz, right? Yeah. So she's super talented she's fast and all right let's just set the stage here so liz yeah. is a collegiate runner um who um coach lou is working with um who joined our program who is hitting this plateau in yeah. her 5k time um so she was mainly a 5k runner um mm -hmm. she's you know one multiple local 5ks right like you know yes. top female finisher she yeah. was kind of right? She's a speedy runner. She's a collegiate, yes. right? Athlete. And, but she was hitting this plateau. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm setting the stage there. So yeah. Tell me about, uh, you know, how that applies to this aim. aim for the it's weakness. really hard for someone who's talented and already fast to get to the next level. So I analyzed her data and I found 
that she need a little bit endurance. So she's her speed is incredible, but the endurance need a little work. So we have a little tempo. We have some one k repeats with really short this re, uh, recovery time in between, and that push her um, an endurance vo to max to a next level and. And now actually she's her easy run gets slower too. So she's now a super experienced runner and her 5K PR by 30 seconds. That's incredible. Yeah. And she even PR, didn't she PR her 10K uh, race yes, as well? Almost a minute. Wow. Yeah. She start at 18, 10. So that's already pretty fast for a woman, especially. Now she's running 17, 47. That's pretty amazing. That is. And I remember it took a little while for her to kind of buy into the whole slow down those easy runs, right? It took yes. weeks um, yes. for her to like figure that out and um, realize that. And then I remember when you were adding in some of those longer type endurance stuff, yes. it got hard for her because you it kind of hard. found that weakness, right? In, in the training. Okay. Um, so, okay. So that's one of these kind of key principles to you know advanced marathon training is finding you know that specific or aiming at the weakness um yes. and then tailoring the training to that weakness okay yes what does the r stand for recovery you need to recover we have this conception that you train hard 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 and you get fast fast faster however it's not the case training just give you the stimuli and you actually get faster during the recovery if your recovery cannot keep up with your training, you get injured. Recovery is the key. So there's something actually called recoverability, right? The recoverability, like how fast you can recover determines it's the upper limit of your training. If you don't, if you have poor sleep, if you have busy days, stressful work and poor nutrition, you just cannot recover fast enough. So you probably should not go to like 100 miles per week, like the elites do, because elites, they usually that's their only job. They have a team that's working for them. So their recoverability is super high. They can deal with that without, with no problem. But most of us are just normal runners. Every day we have all our own job. So you want to recover. The recoverability is not as high. So your training should be adapted to it. It shouldn't be over the recoverability. Yeah. So the recovery is super important. It's part of the training. Um, yes. As I put in my comment box today on my training plan uh, to coach Lou after my run today, I, I, I commented on how hard it was, you know, and I pushed myself and I knew that I needed to really recover. So I made sure I fueled right after with carbs and protein, like everything that Brooke talked about in her marathon nutrition episode. Um, I made sure I even wore my uh, compression socks under my uh, pants today for work. Yes. And, you know, I made sure that I wasn't on my feet all day long today. I was taking mm -hmm. some nice sitting breaks, but continuing to move and move around, um, staying hydrated as I have my, uh, water right here and electrolytes, nice. right? So it is part of the training. And I knew that because I know if I don't recover, 
I'm not going to be able to hit this hard 18 mile with spice that you have on my plan later this that's, week, right? That's the hardest <laughs> run ever for you during your training cycle. It's going to be harder than the 20 mile that's coming. I know. It's I know gonna, you said that. I'll yep. let you know. <laughs> but I, I knew, right? Like I prioritized, uh, guys, my recovery. And it's going to be super important for those who are listening to this, you know, and this is released on the podcast and on YouTube. Um, the next episode on the podcast and on YouTube is going to be episode 140, in which Amy Onguera really shared some great self-care tips for runners that I've started implementing um, and have been like, honestly, game changers so far. So prioritizing the sleep is definitely been one of my weaknesses for the past decade. Um, but it's, I've noticed some serious improvements when I do prioritize that sleep and getting consistent with prioritizing it. So yeah, recovery, I would say is super important. You can't burn the candle at both ends and expect to get a marathon PR or expect to get faster in your marathon. If you're burning the candle on both ends. And like coach Lou said, that's, you know, not only like your physical recovery, but your mental recovery, your stress levels, stress. your work life, right? Like everything. If you have a lot of stress going on at, at home, a lot of stress going on at work, um, a lot of deadlines, things like that, it's going to be really hard for you to be able to get faster in the marathon. So I love right. that recovery is a part of one of these key principles. This episode is brought to you by UCAN. UCAN Nutrition is powered by Superstarch and it delivers that steady, long lasting energy without the spike and then the crash. I had to take a moment to spark off this episode and share the exciting news of their long-awaited energy gel called UCAN Edge. UCAN Edge represents a quantum leap in how runners will fuel for their long runs and their races. It is the first and only on-the-go training fuel powered by Superstarch. Edge puts you in the ideal performance state by keeping blood sugar stable so you can work smarter and harder. The next generation of sports fuel has arrived, runners, and I've been using UCAN Energy during all of my long runs and races since its inception and love their new Edge Fuel as it is the most delicious energy gel you can find on the market and it's powered by their true, tried, and trusted super starch. So you can't go wrong with that. So since you are a part of our Healthy Runner community, you will get 20% off all of your orders at UCAN.co. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order. Go ahead and give UCAN Edge a try for your next long run. Trust me, you won't regret it. And then lastly, last key principles for five keys to advanced marathon training. Um, and this is really kind of setting like your overall framework. Like what yeah. are the keys or the pillars, if you will, um, yeah. of advanced marathon training? What's the last one? What does K stand for? K, I change a little bit. Consistency. <laughs> consistency, <laughs> consistency with a K. But consistency, but consistency is a key. So it has a key. Oh, yeah, I like that. Right? <laughs> it's I a like key. <laughs> so it can be a key. Well, what's the main difference? between a novice and seasoned marathon runner, consistency. Well, there are some fluctuations during the training. The seasoned runners keep a good base mileage or average, whatever it is. 
all over the year there will be there will be some period like um more intense period or less intense period but the average is about the same in the off season you just train a little less mileage and less be work but you still keep it going keep it moving so your body just like a car you keep it running you keep it maintaining you keep it maintained and ready to go so that you don't really need a long base building because essentially you your base is always there then you can just jump into the training program so you're you are ready and you're ready to come by keeping that it is low stress and your body is ready to take the hard impact that's coming yeah so uh, being consistent but, with that running with your base mileage um yeah all all year long and that's why we said you know you've been doing that for at least more than six weeks right as kind of the prerequisite is you have to be consistent you can't just sign up for a race without running for months um or without having that you know steady body of work for months and then expect to run a fast marathon or no, expect to no. get a pr or a bq right it's not going to happen um you have to be consistent before you really started advanced marathon training. And then you definitely need to be consistent during, right? Yeah. Even for you, right? You, you, you spend so much time, even for your half marathon training, the, the one before this full marathon training, you, you feel ready this time because you, you spend a lot of time base building. Yep. Yeah. And make it consistent <laughs> a long, long time. And there's not too many crazy long runs with spice, right? Or those speed work, but you keep the mileage, you keep it going. Sometimes you add a little strides and some speed work, but it's not too much. Just, just really just keep it going, keep it maintaining. And so the body's in check, it's ready to go. There's an exception, like really high performing athletes, because then you're gonna really beaten up your body so hard. So you do need some plant break, but that's like very rare. Right. Right. But after that planned break, you're you getting go back, back to consistent running, right? They're not yeah. taking like three months off or anything, right? They're, no. yeah, they're, we're talking a couple of weeks, right? Right. Okay. Perfect. Three months and then, more like so injuries. consistent with not only the running, but also the strength training, right? To kind of remain yes. injury free. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So let's, um, let's kind of get into some specifics here. So we are going to get into kind of three different distinct phases of advanced marathon training, but before we mm -hmm. do that, you know, what is our goal, right? Like, what are we trying to achieve by doing this type of plan, you know, that contains these three phases? The goal is very simple. You want to run a fast marathon. So hold a fast marathon pace for 26.2 miles that's it that's everything else it's, it's so simple on this yeah <laughs> it's as simple as that <laughs> yeah that's it yeah so if you want to run a fast marathon you need to and and lou we we're joking about this right we we're making it sound simple but you need to learn what this marathon pace is right. so now we're really talking about a specific pace which we really haven't you know, done too much of a deep dive. We've talked about it in some of your previous episodes, but not as in depth as we're going to get into today. Um, 
we need to teach our bodies to be able to run at this marathon pace right. for extended periods of time, not only one mile or two miles or three miles, right? Because for the marathon, you're going to be doing it for 26.2 miles. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I want to emphasize that you don't just use arbitrary marathon pace for or your goal pace. You use what you can, you actually add it's so common more often than not you say oh i want to run the run i want to run a sub four marathon so the marathon pace is 909 per mile so then all the marathon chain pace you, you just grab the plan for the internet there's mp there so you just do run at nine minutes and nine seconds that's not how it works well at least not how it works most efficiently for you 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 should be training at your current fitness it may be 9.30, it may be 8.30, right? So you, you run a recent race and you test it, like a 5K or something. Um, if it's a half marathon, that's better. Um, so you use that to predict your recent race that you just ran to see how you your fitness at. You don't use like a PR from 10 years ago when you're super fast and then before family and things right you use your current race your current fitness for your marathon pace to start with i feel like you were like judging me there no i'm just kidding <laughs> i was a lot faster we all before. have that <laughs> you'll um, get back to it yes yes and no great point about current running fitness not goal that we're not just you know shooting in the dark in a and yeah, I know it seems, it may seem simple, but it, many people do this and they're like, I want to run. Like you just said, they set that goal and they're like, oh, this is what I need to do in the paces when I'm training and I will hit that. And the reason why that doesn't work um, in case you haven't put, you know, wrapped your head around this yet is if you go at that pace and it's really not your marathon pace, then you're either training too fast then you should. So now you're actually doing threshold pace, right? Or tempo runs instead right. of marathon pace. So going back to kind of that key of purpose that you mentioned before, yeah. or who knows, it could be slower than what your current level of fitness is. So you're not actually going to take your body to the challenge that it does need um, because you're just doing it based upon goal time instead of what your running fitness is at right now. Yeah. Um, so just trying you to also, yeah. make that clear. Not just for you, for me too. I got COVID a, a month ago. So my marathon pace just dropped by one minute per mile. If I just, oh, I said seven minutes per mile is my marathon pace. I just trained at that. I can't do that. It's my, it's my tempo pace or, or even be faster than my tempo pace. I can't do that. I may be able to push it, but then it's going to be overtraining. Yeah. No, good example. Yeah, yeah good COVID. example for those that have battled, you know, getting COVID. We've had many of our athletes in our community, you know, that that's a great real-time example right now. Yeah. And if you're listening to this episode in five, 10 years from now, hopefully <laughs> we're not still talking about uh, COVID as an example. Maybe it's a injury or it's a new, um, you know, uh, thing that's out there that's uh, making us sick. But um yeah, you have to adjust uh, based upon injuries, sickness, um, all of those variables. Um, so kind of 
what is our kind of prerequisite for, you know, starting this, you know, advanced marathon training before we talked about like, who is it for, but, you know, just to reiterate, like, what's the prerequisite, you know, if someone wanted to work with you, coach Lou, and he's like, Hey, I heard your episode and I'm ready for the challenge. Like I have a marathon in whatever, 16 weeks away, 20 weeks away. Like let's do advanced marathon training you know, before you actually program that for someone, because we don't just do that because someone wants to do it, right? We right. need to make sure it's right. So what's the prerequisite that you would actually implement this training? I will always look at the training history, especially if you can provide me this last six months, uh, sorry, six weeks. Well, if you can give me six months, it's even better, but six weeks at least. I want to see that you have consistent mileage, as we said, 35 plus miles per week, no injuries, and you, you've been doing strength training consistently. That's also the key. Even in the beginning around marathons, strength training is just so important. And you have the base, you consistent, you run consistently, and yeah, then you, you, you should be ready. Yeah, and also I know you, you had mentioned too that you've tested your speed a little bit, right? So you've done like some track work speed. before and you, you've responded well. You didn't wind up hurting your Achilles, right? Straining your hamstring, right. getting runner's knee, right? Like right. you're able to tolerate, you know, some speed work. You've kind of dipped your toe, you know, in the waters of stressing your body and yes. you've remained healthy along the way. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. So I'm excited to kind of break this down now. Let's break this down into kind of like three parts in three different phases of advanced marathon training. Um, so we're, we're ready to start. We're ready to get going. We're in phase one. Um, this is about the first third of the training. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how long does this last first off in general, you know, sense? Uh, maybe number of weeks or something. And then, you know, what's our goal during this time period? And like, what are we actually doing for training? Good question. Let's take 18 week plan, for example, it's a very common 18 weeks for, for marathon training. So 18 weeks divided by three, six, first six week, roughly the main focus. I mean, you would be doing a little tempo and things, but the focus will be speed work. It's very far from the marathon and speed work you want to improve that early in the in the in the training so you have a little tolerance for injury <laughs> and then your your um, endurance will follow so you do a lot of speed work track work pure speed and for collegiate athletes you may actually keep that even longer because for us unfortunately when we get older the speed is losing so when you're younger, you want to keep doing, keep doing speed work a little longer before you go into endurance. So first week, first six weeks, you're going you're gonna to focus on speed. It also depends, right? I mean, if you are already very good at speed, you just want to improve the endurance, it will be a different story. But in general, first third of the 18 weeks, six weeks, you want to do speed work and a lot of track work. The, the point of speed work is two there are two twofold really short speed work like 200 meter 100 meter it's really to give you this injury strides to improve your running economy so almost aerobic sorry anaerobic so including your um that improves your cadence and 
running economy. Yeah, and it helps that running form, right? Yes. Just doing those strides and yeah, making you more efficient as a right. runner. Okay. Right. Yeah, by the way, usually for the advanced marathons, your cadence should be at least 160 plus um, strides per minute. Ideally, there's there's a magic number 180, but I, can, I think there's a lean way 170 to 180 are all fine. But if you are, if you, if you are below 160, usually there are some issues it's better you, you go to a PT to analyze your form and something. There's maybe some mass muscle imbalance or something you want to change before you go into the advanced program. Yeah. So good point there too, is that, yeah. you know, your running form is, is doing, you know, ideally again, does everyone need perfect running form to be fast? No. Um, and we know that, and there's some debate there, but, um, you know, I think most of the, the PT experts that I've had on, you know, the show before all of us kind of agree that if we can be more efficient at our, our form, it is going to be protective in nature. Um, when we're doing these hard workouts yeah. that you're going to be talking about, um, that it will help keep your body healthy as yeah. you're really building up that level of stress, because yeah. it is a matter of building up stress, but not break. <laughs> So your body can actually get faster and peak in your training to get that fast marathon race, right? Um, and it is that fine balance, right? And finding, you know, and you don't want to kind of like go over that tipping point and it's right. finding that balance. But I like how you had mentioned that. And, and mm -hmm. so your focus in this first phase is, you know, definitely uh, more of the track you know, workouts and, and even the shorter stuff. Like I was surprised actually at, you know, when you had programmed me like repeat 400s and, mm -hmm. you know, I, we did a whole episode for those who really aren't familiar with, you know, track speed workouts and maybe, you know, this is your fifth marathon and you've yeah. really been focusing on just your long runs or trying to like speed up your easy runs thinking you would get faster for the marathon. And like, hopefully we've already taught you something today. Um, and maybe you're new to, you know, speed work. Um, Coach Lou actually did a really, really informative episode on how to run an interval run. And like, what do you like? It was like everything details, basics, like, how are you going to, you know, track when you're on the track, how many laps, like we got into all that repeat 400s versus 800s and uh, so on. So we'll definitely link that episode as well, um, because that is a key focus kind of during this first phase of advanced marathon training. Right. And yes, so we have, uh, there's a lot of things you want to, you want to focus on that in the, in the episode, you want to use menu labs, so on and so forth. But for today's, we talk about the anaerobic um, track work, but there's a somewhat aerobic track work too. That's why you have this 400 with 400 recovery, or when we have more reps, you, you start to see I have 400 speed work and then only 200 meter recovery. And I want you to run during that 200 rather than stop because you want the whole point is to keep your, your heart rate high. If you completely stop, then you need a little more time. The next rep, you need a little more time for the heart rate to go to, into that zone. And then it drop back. So it's less efficient. You want to keep aerobic. So you want to jog in between. And that helps our VO2 max, correct? That's not for 
VO2max is mostly from Temple, but this is for, um, what's that called? It's, it's the, um, the, the type four of the run. It's a little higher than VO2max, something okay. different. Okay. Lactate yeah. threshold. Okay. It's so, slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not allowing that full recovery in between. Um, oh, sorry. This is for VO2max. Yeah. This is yeah. for VO2max. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not allowing that full recovery between the laps. And that was actually the mistake I was making, actually, before you educated me on that episode. Um, and mm -hmm. for those listening to the podcast, by the way, that's episode 115 um, mm -hmm. on the podcast. And I remember you shared that. And that was like new to me. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, I've been doing this wrong. I've been like resting too much in between my intervals. And I remember since then, um, that has been definitely makes it harder, <laughs> um, the it workouts. Does. But I do think that it had an effect um, from a training standpoint and conditioning standpoint um, and, and fitness level um, that it, it did keep it aerobic, mm -hmm. right? It started working the aerobic system, which yeah. obviously for the marathon, again, like we need to be able to hold that marathon pace for a long time, right? Yeah. Um, so that would be especially important for someone in this first phase of advanced marathon training, correct? Yeah, yes. Okay. It's, it all goes back to the purpose. There's actually a different way you can actually walk between the 400s, but that's more for the speed again. So that's for a different purpose, uh, two, two, two different type of training, two different purposes. If you walk in between or if you jog in between, totally different. Okay, got it. Um, all right, so that's the main focus of the first third of the training. Anything else mm -hmm. you want to add to that before we go to phase two? That's that's it. The key point of that is if you if your speed is faster, like if you can run, if if you if your body is ready to go fast, right, and then you go to some hard workout, you will feel easier. Like your absolute speed is faster. Like you're driving a Lamborghini, and then you are in, stuck in traffic, that will feel super easy, or you go to a regular freeway under the speed limit, you'll feel easy. But if you're having a, an old car that's barely moving, then you push to the limit, it will feel different, right? So you absolute speed is there. That gives you a, such a big cushion for you to work. That actually yeah. gives you the upper limit for your tempo run, essentially. Okay, got it. All right, so then phase two. So approximately, you had mentioned like someone's doing an 18 week, you know, mm -hmm. marathon plan. Um, now we're talking week seven through 12, approximately. I'm sure yes. there's definitely some carryover depending upon the individual and depending upon what the aim was, right? Those weaknesses we talked about. Um, yes. But what is the second third of the training, you know, focus on? Where is, you know, the, the mindset and the purpose of, you know, this portion of the training? The main purpose is to focus on the endurance, the tempo runs a lot. The first one, you build up the speed. So you have a lot of cushion for the tempo pace to, to move faster. And you see that, and this is where you see all the success are coming. Go back to Francisco. His tempo pace used to be 755, eight. And then his tempo pace now is 650. That's whole one minute faster. Wow. And yeah, so with this improved in the tempo that directly related to the marathon pace. 
if your tempo runs one minute faster, your marathon pace is about a minute faster as well. So I expect to see that kind of improvement in his next marathon. So we usually just because you said that so quick, and I know your brain process that real quick, but mm -hmm. I'm sure many of the listeners didn't catch what you just said, is mm -hmm. that what Coach Lou said is if we can improve the tempo mm -hmm. pace, mm -hmm. then ultimately the marathon pace is going to improve, which means yeah. you're going to run a faster marathon on yes. race day, right? So focusing on your tempo runs and mm -hmm. this threshold pace, like being able to hold that and training in that during the second phase is kind of something that you've identified as a key. Yeah. Yeah. That's go back. That goes back to the purpose to run a fast marathon. You want to run a fast marathon pace to have a fast marathon pace. You want to run at a pace that's faster than your current marathon pace, which is tempo. Mm. And if you start at the marathon pace, it's not uncommon that people come in with this marathon pace uh, and through training, their marathon pace get as fast as their tempo pace, that their previous tempo pace. For example, Francisco, again, when he starts, his tempo pace was 7.30ish. No, his tempo pace was 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 eight sorry his tempo pace was eight minutes per mile so his marathon pace of course is slower than that but through training his marathon pace currently is a tempo pace it's eight minutes per mile you see that the marathon pace get dragged into the tempo pace that's why you start as your current finish you get your marathon pace you get the tempo pace there you train at faster than marathon pace so you drag 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 towards the marathon uh, the tempo pace that goes back to why I don't want people to run the easy run too easy because many people run their easy run too easy as we said RPE level go back, go back to it six to seven is a marathon pace easy run four to five so that's you see they're pretty close if you run your easy run too fast that goes to the gray zone five to six just below the marathon pace what end up that your marathon pace and easy run get mixed up because the body doesn't know the it's the it's about the same pace zone you're running it the body say oh i just get used to this pace and that's slower your marathon pace you just get slower mm. yeah and i think you accidentally misspoke so i just want to be clear um mm -hmm. in the beginning coach Lou was saying that's why he doesn't want his runners running it their easy runs too fast not that he doesn't want them running too slow. He actually wants them running slower because if you, they've run them too fast, he's saying mm -hmm. you get into this gray zone where you're pretty much running them at marathon pace. And that almost brings down your marathon pace where it's slowing it down. And Coach Lou is saying during the second phase of training, we actually want to work at implementing and mastering, right? These mm -hmm. tempo runs at this threshold pace, which will actually bring up the marathon piece, right? Yes, that's the, okay. whole, that's the whole point. Yeah, and, okay, that makes and you, sense. And you are seeing the success, success everywhere. 
Yeah. And I, I think Francisco's a great example. As I say, like when I grow up, I want to be like Francisco. Um, <laughs> but I've seen that improvement too. Like I, I remember my tempo pace when we started working together over a year ago now was 750 and then it was 745 yes. for a while. And now this morning for that first ever four miles at tempo pace, that was at 730. Um, so you know, training works um, if it's kind of implemented in a structured fashion and mm -hmm. you can see those pieces do start to come down. So hopefully, right, fingers mm -hmm. crossed that my training, my body is becoming more efficient at building out this endurance. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten faster at that tempo pace, which means my marathon pace now has gotten a little faster. Yes. So hopefully... I will run a faster marathon, right? That's kind of the you whole will. goal. And, and going back to our initial reason for sharing this training with you guys, you know, and, and, you know, why you wanted to tune in to begin with, right. was to get faster mm -hmm. for the marathon. Um, yes. So th these are key runs during this phase. Now, mm -hmm. um, kind of question to you, because I do see some plans out there and, or I see some runners who are only running four to five times per week. Mm -hmm. When I say only, I don't mean that as a negative because that might work for some people, but mm -hmm. they're running four to five, you know, times per week and they're doing in their week, weekly training, they're doing mm -hmm. a tempo day. They're doing mm -hmm. a long run day, definitely. And they're doing a track day. Would you recommend that? Do you do that for someone in the second phase or are you more of a proponent of really focusing like, Hey, track days were in the beginning of that first phase, like that first six weeks. And now we're shifting focus in the second phase that we're going to do essentially two quality runs, meaning mm -hmm. like a faster run, the tempo right. run, and then a long run. Um, is that what I'm hearing? Or do you wind up adding in track as well? Or does it depend? Or you can talk about, you know, when that, that would. That's a great point. Yes. Um, I'll say just no more than two quality sections per week. Otherwise, our body just doesn't recover fast enough. Unless, of course, if you are recoverability, right? If you can recover that that much, for sure, you can have three quality sections. But usually, our body will burn out. So usually two sections. You So you only have one tempo section and one long run. However, every once in a while, I may mix in some some uh, track work just to let the body get the memory back of some speed but the main focus will be tempo in the second phase you, you may have some track work just you know to bring that speed back for a little bit so you switch between but not just add it it's just too much for the body all right so from what i heard from that is like hey mm -hmm. if you're in your 20s you're in your teens, you're in your twenties, maybe even young thirties, and you got some great recoverability. You can mm -hmm. recover. You don't, you're not like on your feet, like, you know, all day long. Um, you don't have really stressful, you know, work, personal life. You have time to recover. You don't have like yeah. four kids that you're taking care of, right? Yeah. Um, you have the time that you can recover, then that may work. But I yes. would say the majority of people probably listening to this, are going to be more in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And they most likely got a lot of other things that they're juggling. They're busy, right? We're all mm -hmm. busy. 
Um, maybe you have kids, you don't have kids. You got like nieces, nephews, you got dogs, you got like <laughs> stuff going on, right? You got I a know. very busy, you know, job. Um, you're running some company, you're an entrepreneur, right? Like there are things going on in your life where you should keep this down to two quality sessions. And honestly, this is where I was most surprised. I'm going to be honest with you. As mm-hmm. we started working together during this marathon training cycle, mm-hmm. um, is I was surprised at, Hey, I'm only doing two. Like I, I just thought I, and again, I'm sure I'm not the only one, right. There's going to be people who are listening to this who think, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to step up my game to get faster in my marathon. That means I got to train harder, right? That means I got to do like a track day, a tempo day, mm-hmm. a long run. And I think that's where runners make the mistake of mm-hmm. either number one, getting injured. And then they just say, Oh, my body's not meant to run marathons. I can't marathon train. I can't get faster. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they're not getting faster because they're just getting burnt out and they don't have the energy to actually put in the effort for those quality runs. So now they're right. hitting below where they should, and they're not getting those, those amazing benefits that we get from mm-hmm. the training, right? Remember it's the training that creates the body and Mm -hmm. the ability to perform on race day. And I think that's such a key point. It was something that was really eye-opening for me, honestly, when I started, you know, looking at the plan and as we've been working and modifying and I'm like, oh, okay. But honestly, like, you know, knock on some wood here. um, I think I am officially what do we got? Six weeks. I'm like 10 weeks in. So I'm like mm-hmm. right in this phase of what you're talking about. I'm kind of coming to the end of this mm-hmm. second phase of the training. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, you know, seeing the benefit again, knock on wood. Like I'm surprised at how well marathon training yes. has been going. Um, and mm-hmm. how, you know, it's not like this totally different experience for me than, trying to do advanced half marathon training. Um, And I think it really speaks to the prerequisites you mentioned before. And, you know, your principles of really focusing on the recovery and like that base building and Mm -hmm. in the focus. I love, I love that you're so intentional on what is the purpose and the focus of like these different phases. And Hey, I'm seeing, you know, the, the benefits of that personally. And I know there's been many, um, who have seen those benefits as well in our program. Um, Mm -hmm. so I just want to kind of reiterate that because yeah, it's something that again, I didn't even honestly, you know, think about much, um, any, anything else that you, um, that we didn't talk about during the second phase of the training? I think that's pretty much it. You just train at a faster than your current marathon pace. So you bring that faster and faster. The other thing is that all these pace are dynamic, right? As we have, that's why we have deep dive course. I, that's why I analyze your data and I see, oh, that I check with your RPE as well. I want to make sure that you don't overdo it. You may hit the pace, but if that effort is higher than it's, you need to be, that's not good. Or is that too easy? And I adjust it. As you see that in our one of our course, I say, oh, I I just update your your paces. Yes, yeah. So and so what uh, Coach Lou is saying, you know, within our kind of one-on-one high-touch coaching program, is mm-hmm. we do these deep dive Zoom calls, and yeah, he is like 
analyzing, you know, the workouts that you're doing and seeing and making sure the RPE is there. So, and that's another great point that you bring up because I feel like, you know, many of our athletes want to impress the coach, right? And they're like, Ooh, he said my pace is seven 30. So let me try to beat that. Right. To like impress him. Like if I, and I thought about this today, honestly, as I was going, mm-hmm. cause I was getting like, so pumped up for this run today. Cause mentally I knew this was going to be like a big milestone for me. I've never done four mm-hmm. straight miles at tempo pace without having to walk and like catch my breath or, you know, have a rest interval in between. I was really like, you know, getting my mental mindset, getting pumped up. It was like, you know, getting charged up. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm going to actually maybe even run this a little faster. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, wait, Dwayne, like, no, you're an idiot. Like, would you ever tell your client that? Um, It's like, I I need to think about that RPE that you mentioned. And I even commented this in my comments after my workout. I said like the last half mile, I was getting up to that nine, but you know, the majority of it was a seven to an eight out of 10. I wasn't feeling like how I feel after some of the hard track stuff that we did in phase one. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't feeling like how I feel on race day at the end of a half marathon, right? Like I wasn't at that nine, 10, like when you're really pushing the limits. And so I did hold back a little bit because I I honestly wanted to go in like, just to see like, Hey, on this last half mile, like, can you do a seven minute pace? Like, go ahead and try Dwayne. Like, (laughs) so I just share my story because I know there's many of you who are probably Mm -hmm. thinking the same sometimes when you're out there for a workout. And I think you need to keep in mind that training is training and racing is racing. Like you don't want to race in your training. Um, Mm -hmm. You got to save it for race day and think about the purpose of um, the run. So I just wanted to share, you know, my experience with that, because I think that's a, it's a great point that you brought up the RPE mm-hmm. level and how you adjust mm-hmm. our paces as athletes based mm-hmm. upon, you know, what we are running and what the RPE right. is. So like, if I told you in those comments and I said, you know, coach Lou, like I was able to do seven thirty for four miles, mm-hmm. RPE was probably like seven. I'm sure oh, you would probably say to me like, Hey, that was right where it was. Maybe we'll do like, mm-hmm. you know, the next run, we'll see how you feel. Or, Hey, now your tempo pace is 725, right? Or yeah. it would be, <laughs> right? Yep. Like that's how it would go. Um, so just to put the, you know, some numbers behind um, the principles that Coach Lou was talking about, guys. All right. So now we're down to phase three here, right? We're getting close. We're getting close to the big race day. Um, yeah. you know, we're on the back end of the training, um, the last third. So maybe we're in like weeks 13 to 18 of this, you know, advanced marathon training. Um, what's the goal here, coach Lou? It's a final countdown. <laughs> um, so now your speed is there and speed help you improve the tempo pace. Now your marathon pace go with the tempo pace. You probably already see that the marathon pace has increased so far. Now the goal focus to hold this newly gained marathon pace long. In the training, you don't have to hold that for 26.2 mile, um, miles. However, you want to hold it usually 10 to 12 miles if you can run hold the marathon pace for 10 to 12 miles because it, that's in your peak week your body are tired and with tapering and things on the race day with all the support with the rest you should be able to run the whole thing 
26.2 miles at that newly gained marathon pace. So in this final countdown phase, phase three, you focus in a lot of marathon pace running. A typical workout I usually give to my athletes are this three mile marathon pace, one mile easy, and then repeat three times. Why three miles? Because it's usually three miles above 5K. And in our mind, right, 5K is like usually the, usually the shortest distance we compete as an endurance athlete. So if you say, oh, I can always do a 5K at a marathon pace. If you do a 5K at a marathon pace, it feels easy. So, and then especially you have a one mile easy recovery after that. And repeat that three times, you get nine miles marathon pace there. That's pretty good. And then, then I work, I reduce it, um, the stop a little bit. I may add a tempo at the end. So you, you, you learn to run faster when your legs are tired. But the main focus in, in the marathon pace, eventually we'll have a long marathon pace run. That's why when a tune-up race may come in, you may just run a 10 to 12 miles marathon pace run, of course, as part of a long run, or do it, run it as a half marathon pace. Run so half marathon, half marathon pace will be twenty-ish second faster than the marathon pace. So that's not exactly the marathon pace. However, that's a good practice race. If you run the tune-up race, half marathon tune-up race, you practice all the same thing that fueling and um, pushing and the pacing starts slow and then go faster towards the end and you also give some confidence, right? Absolutely. And, you also and get I can a, speak yeah. to that for sure. You get some realistic goal for your marathon as well. So that's why I would usually say, instead of doing 10 to 12 miles marathon pace, you just go to run the half marathon. Yep. And that's, that's a pretty good prediction of your marathon, real marathon workout. Yeah. And for those that follow um, Coach Lou and I on Instagram or um, within our Healthy Runner Facebook group, uh, you'll see, you know, posts that we talk about long runs with spice, where we add some sparks <laughs> in there. Um, this is what he's talking about is that you're not just going out there for 16 miles mm -hmm. for a long run, because again, this is not marathon training for beginners, right? right? If it was, then yes, that is completely appropriate. And you're not doing anything wrong. So again, if you're listening at this stage of the game uh, to mm -hmm. this training, you are in the category we talked about and you've classified yourself appropriately and you're adding in, you're not only going out there for 16, but we're starting to learn what it feels like to run at marathon pace, like you will for race day, but we're not doing it for the whole run, right? Mm -hmm. So coach Lou's basically adding in these rest breaks. So it turns into a technical tempo run, but the paces that you're running are not threshold pace. It is marathon pace. And yeah, that 16 miler that you gave me, and you were right, by the way, that it was harder than the 18 miler. Um, yep. <laughs> but I'll tell you, like mentally, man, those miles flew by. Because again, I was just focused on, I want to say you gave me like four miles at easy pace to start. Um, mm -hmm. It was like, okay, I'm warming up for easy, slow miles. Right. And then yeah. it was like, okay, Dwayne, focus on three miles. You're basically, it almost like felt like a track workout to me 
where mm-hmm. I was like, I'm basically doing three intervals of this marathon pace running. And they're just mm-hmm. each three miles each. So it just yeah. really helped me like break up this like big number in my mind, because I only ran, you know, 16 the week prior that right. 16 miles is, is a long distance to be out there. It helped right. me break it up to be like, Oh, the workout is actually doing marathon pace for three miles. Repeat mm-hmm. it three times, Dwayne. So just get your head, focus on your first interval, and then make sure you're recovering, running nice right. and slow during that easy mile. Mm-hmm. And then boom, hit the second one. And then boom, hit the third one. And then even those last couple of miles of easy pace at the end, were like, oh, the workout's done. I'm just going to run home. And, you know, it, it made the 16 miles actually like fly by. Nice. <laughs> it made it fly by. Um so that's the other benefit that I've noticed to these kind of long runs with some spice is it does make those long runs not seem so long. And, you know, you're just out there slugging away, um, right. you know, just getting in, in the miles itself, that it really does add that cognitive stimulus uh, to make it more enjoyable, more fun and yes, more good. of a challenge. Right. And, you know, if, again, if you're an advanced marathon training, like you want to challenge because you're challenging yourself to get faster for Mm -hmm. the actual race. Um, so I think those I've noticed that for your athletes that you've implemented that in, um, and obviously, you know, the result, the end result, um, you know, who knows what my marathon, you know, will result in because you never know, right. On race day, but process Mm -hmm. goal wise, and I'm following the process. I've definitely noticed, significant differences, you know, with implementing those types of runs, um, Mm -hmm. into the plan. So it's a matter of this last third of training is now Mm -hmm. really honing in on that marathon pace and really getting your body to like, know what that pace is, right. That you're going to be running on race day. That's one. Yeah. That's one thing. The other thing is with this long run spice, because the long run are the closest to the actual race, right? So that's why sometimes at the tempo at the end just to mimic that the fatigue at the end and you try to hold out the pace so yeah so the long run with spice make it a lot of fun but also it mimic the race setting that you you are running fast on a tired leg and that's something that progression run can work in it just make it a little fun a little fun, more fun right and yeah what does does it matter too much if you change like 10 seconds every mile every um, or every three mile every four miles does it matter to that much not so much however it, it it make it a little fun it will help you control your speed it will help you learn to pace yourself not to start too fast because then you just cannot improve it you, you cannot go go faster then you 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 have to start slower and then keep going faster 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 yeah, that so make it a little more fun. Let me just stop you there because you had mentioned progression run. And I know this was something that was honestly fairly a new concept to myself um, that really I've done. And, you know, a- as we start learning more about how to run and training and, you know, you know, your easy run, your long run, and now we got these intervals and these tempo runs. Um, but what is a progression run? If, you know, n- no one's ever heard of that before, what are we actually doing during this progression run? Progression run is that you increase your pace every a few miles. It can be one mile and two mile, three mile, whatever. It's 
going faster, faster, faster. It starts slower and end up faster. If you look at Strava, right, the the slower it is, the the shorter or longer, the um, probably longer. The bar, the bar, the chart bar is, is yeah, yeah. Right. You see the bar is going nicely. You have right. um, shortened, right? So some sometimes you have a OCD, right? You want to go like five, five seconds faster each mile and just make it a little more fun. I remember one time I was doing 18 miles and I was pretty bored. So I just tried to run like three seconds faster each mile. It just... Wow. That's got to be so hard though, honestly. Like that was hard. I, I just did um, the run that you had programmed for me last week of 10 seconds faster. And I must say that was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. So I can't even imagine trying to hone down on three seconds. It's Holy hard. cow. Like you have to be so in tune to your body. And is that the goal of, of these progression runs is really getting so in tune to your body that you can sense like what your pace is and know how it to helps. adjust without even really technically looking at your watch. It's like, you know, what a certain pace feels like to your body. It helps, but I, I don't, I don't bone that way. So I, I, I look at my watch constantly to get into that OCD and to get that the pace that I desired. But, but then after doing this progression run over and over again, then I go out and I run with people. Sometimes, you know, the GPS is not that accurate. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, I'm running too slow. They speed up and I say, no, 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 this is too fast. Why? Because I know. Right. Because I know how it feels at this particular pace. Yep. You get yeah, the mind-body connection. Yeah. And so with this type of run, I guess, first off, how many times a week would you ever have someone do a progression run? I don't think you have to do that all the time. It also depends on the level of people. If you're like a super, super advanced person, then you probably do progression run for you. You probably don't have much, many easy runs. You don't have any easy long runs. It's either spice or progression run. Okay. But for somewhat intermediate advanced people, uh you you switch between easy runs and spice right mm -hmm. so progression run is harder than easy run and some of the pace will be in the gray zone however it's because you're getting faster 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 it takes you out of the gray zone so that i don't i'm not too worried about that but if you start stay at the same pace in the gray zone that's going to be horrible yeah, but we're talking at, you know, you're going to have someone do those like once a week around, like they're not doing that for all their runs, right? That they no, go out no, there. Okay. No. I just want to be clear there. Um, just well, in case someone was like, hey, these are more fun. Why don't I just do it every day? Like run like this. Um, so you're, you're either adding it in once a week or you're not adding it into the plan and the training. And then in respect to kind of this advanced marathon training we're talking about, Mm -hmm. Is this something that goes in phase three, or is this something that you can even do from the beginning if you do if you are very experienced and you've done these before? Progression run, you can progression from different ranges, right? If the whole range is in the easy zone, you can do that in phase one, no problem. It just make it a little fun. If you progression aggressively, you progression into tempo pace, then you probably want to keep it in phase two. Something like that. It's yes, progression run is still the pace at this particular 
for this particular goal. So you look at what pace you're going to be running, you'll be progressing, and then determine determine which phase is going to put into. I usually just put progression run into easy, stay in the easy zone, just because easy run can be boring. And then right. progression that it can be fun. And if you run that slow enough, then the whole thing is an easy zone and it, it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. So, yeah. And that's what you had programmed for me last week. So again, just given some real world examples here in context, um, last week was a cutback week for mm -hmm. me in terms of my long run where the previous week I did 18 and then I cut back mm -hmm. to, um, yeah, 10 to 12. Like and yeah. then we made it a little tougher by doing a seven mile progression run the mm -hmm. next day. So I was doing, you know, a double digit long run, but again, it feels easier after running like 16, a couple of 16s and an 18. Okay. And you made the training slightly harder. You modified it mm -hmm. by giving me seven miles the next day, but you were saying in your mind, your decision-making process was recoverability. The yes. goal of this week is to recover and cut back. Right. So I want Dwayne to do this progression run all in his easy pace. So you yes. gave me like start at 11 and then you yeah. just chopping off 10 seconds where it was basically from 10 minute mile to 11 that I was yeah. trying to chop off 10 seconds with each mile. Um, as opposed to if your goal was to, you know, and your purpose was, Hey, I want to challenge Dwayne a little bit more Then I'm sure you would have probably had me start at 10 right and yeah. go down to nine uh, minute pace so i think right. again like going back to your key principles we talked about earlier of purpose and that purpose of last week was to make sure my body recovered from the yeah. 18 so i can hit this 18 with some spice this week and you know feel healthy and like hit the temple run that i did this morning mm -hmm. um so again, guys, just giving you like, we're like giving you insight into Coach Lou's brain right now, right? And some of the things that we really look at um, from a coaching standpoint, because all of that, and hopefully you're seeing some of these in intricacies we're talking about and certain um, variables. There's so many variables that are moving, right? And, you know, don't just take one thing and be like, oh, Coach Lou does this. Let me do that. Like, think about like, is it right for you? right? Like timing wise and like where you are in your training and are we building or are we recovering? Or are we cutting back? And so there are a lot of moving parts here. Um, so just make mm -hmm. sure you never take anything that we're saying out of context, um, you know, use it to learn, to grow, see where it implements into your training and, or work with a coach, right? Whether it is you work with us, we would obviously love that. And to guide you if you're the right fit, but any, run coach, right? We, you know, you working with a run coach is going to be better than you trying to just figure it out on your own and know how to manipulate those variables. Um, any other tips that we haven't covered? You know, you shared a lot here and we really got in depth, um, even a little deeper than I thought we'd get, but, um, any other tips that you wanted to share that we didn't talk about coach Lou? Listen to the body, really just listen to the body. Go with RPE. If we always we cover that before. We can drop a link as well. Listen to body. Don't overdo it. You not not every work, workout is a race. You don't. Yeah, sometimes you get anxiety from people Strava or Facebook or something. And one workout is not the whole thing. You don't. You look at the whole body. What where you are at. And even if you're doing exactly the same workout, exactly the same pace, it means different for you. 
you want to do change at your optimal pace for a specific purpose that aim as your witness so that you can improve most efficiently. Well said, well said. Um, so, you know, just to recap here, um, kind of tying this all together, guys, what Coach Lou really shared with you today is, you know, who would benefit from advanced marathon training? Um, so I really want you to critically think about, you know, is this you? Um, you know, what are the key foundational principles to advanced marathon training? And I love that when we had this topic and coach Lou and I were, you know, discussing about, you know, sharing this on the podcast and having it as kind of this stepping stone from like coach Latoya's episode on marathon training for beginners. Um, you know, he really gave this a lot of thought and I love honestly, these five key principles that you talked about and how we kind of started with that. Versus like, yeah. hey, this is what you do for weeks one through six. This is what we do from seven to 12. And because, and I hopefully we did a good job at tying in those principles to the phases when you're designing, because it's not only about a plan. And we get so many runners that reach out to us like, hey, I just want a plan. I just want a plan. Like there are many variables that go into that plan and whoever created that plan right? They might not yeah. have the same five key foundational principles that coach Lou has. And that we mm -hmm. talked about their mindset might be totally different. They might've yeah. been a super fast runner and they were a collegiate runner themselves. And they're like, Hey, this has worked for me. I've been fast my whole life. And these are how you're going to get fast for the marathon. Mm -hmm. And it might not include these five principles that coach Lou talked about. And I love how, you know, you really were um, reflective in not only what has worked for you personally from being an adult onset runner who yeah. has had some really good success and, you know, being a sub three marathoner mm -hmm. in Boston. Um, so you've had some, you know, success yourself, but then mm -hmm. also what you've tried with the clients you've worked with. You've had a lot of experience now coaching clients um, mm -hmm. for really over two years now. And yeah. you know, what has worked? Like, what are the principles? What are the, the key things that has worked? And you're using your you know, coaching experience to make these decisions and to program and you know, come up with these key principles. So I just like value that so much. Um, you know, we talked about what the goal is of this advanced marathon mm -hmm. training. We're trying to get that marathon pace faster and hold it for a longer period of time uh, yep. because that's what you're going to do for the marathon. And we talked about the prerequisites, having that base training foundation. And then we really broke down those three phases, kind of phase mm -hmm. one, two, and three. And then we talked a little bit about progression runs. So right. um, if you're listening to this and you have been struggling to get faster as a runner, um, you're not able to get that marathon time that you're really proud of. Um, honestly, my question to you and challenge is, are you ready to take control? of your running and actually, you know, get clarity. So you cannot hit the wall during your race and you can feel strong and you mm -hmm. can feel healthy, um, crushing the marathon. Um, yeah. you're going to see other programs that might really get you fast. Um, but you might be limping into that race and, or you might need three months of PT after the race. Um, no. our mindset is not of that. And coach Lou and our team have demonstrated time and time again, now that, you know, we can work with runners and get them to their running goals mm -hmm. and not have to, I hear so much on like other running podcasts of like run your marathon and then mm -hmm. go get fixed. 
and like oh, take no. three months to recover and like go to PT, fix all the things that are broken. And I'm like, like what kind of, uh, that makes no sense to me, but again, I'm a little biased because I'm a physical therapist, but <laughs> you know, if you want to actually feel strong and like run a fast race without being broken and you can actually continue training after that, mm -hmm. because like, let's be honest, we run for our mental, right. Release, like right. everyone, like stress reduction, like makes you feel good. Right. Like I want to do that on a weekly basis, not mm -hmm. like have to take three months off after my marathon. Um, and you know, I think that was the big reason why I was so hesitant to run another one, but you've taught me through the principles we talked about today, that it doesn't need to be like that. Um, so doesn't. if you guys really want, you know, clarity on how to actually do this for your life, your busy schedule, the principles we talked about today, we would be honored to really guide and support you um, with our one-on-one, -on -one, you know, run coaching program. Um, so if you want to see if you're a good fit, let's like hop on my schedule. We'll jump on a call, make sure you're a good fit. Um, we only take on a handful of clients each month. Um, because again, this is very personalized attention that you get with this program. Um, so, you know, slots are limited. Um, so if you're really ready to take action, you're kind of thinking of, Hey, I want to run this marathon in, you know, four, five, six months out, like schedule your call with me, just go to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching, and we'll jump on a call. Um, yeah. Coach Lou, this is uh, always, always informative. Um, as many times as I do this, mm -hmm. each and every time we get on here, I even learn something new. So thank you uh, for coming on and not mm -hmm. only educating me, but educating our community about how we can get faster um, for the mm -hmm. marathon and you know, sharing your advanced marathon tips. I greatly appreciate it. And I know this is going to be super helpful for many um, runners out there. I'm so glad to share. I, I love the community. I, from what I learned, what I experienced, I, I like to share with you so you don't have to go through the same mistake I, I made before. And I'm also learning. I'm, I'm learning today. I'm still learning all the time. Absolutely. And that's part of the process. That's what I love about you and everyone on our coaching team. Like we're, we're not going to be like, we always have the right answers. We're not going to, you know, dictate to you. You must do this. Um, we learn, we grow, we're reflective. You know, we ask for our clients input and that's important too, because you guys know your body's best. We're not inside your body. We don't know what that yeah. recoverability, for example, right? We don't know how you're feeling recovery wise we need to ask the right questions so we can gauge how you're feeling so we can modify your plan based upon how you're feeling. Um, but no, great point. Um, and I love that we're continuing to learn just like we want to be lifelong runners. We're going to be lifelong learners as well. Um, so thank you for sharing. Um, thank you to the listeners for, you know, jumping on here and, you know, joining us in our running journey and, you know, dedicating, you know, your time to learn and grow and become a smarter, healthier runner. And, um, you know, whether or not you listen to us on a Spark Healthy Runner uh, YouTube channel in our Healthy Runner Facebook group, um, or if you're on a run right now, uh, listening to us on the podcast, hopefully you're crushing your run and making sure you have purpose for that run. Yes. Um, we appreciate all of you. Um, if you like this training, guys, then you will surely like the next. So if you're listening on the podcast, queue up episode 95 to learn all about Boston Marathon preparation and tips to hit a PR with Coach Lou, um, or just click the video um, that I have for you here on YouTube. So let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, mm -hmm. and just keep running. Until next time. Good luck. 
Thanks so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's four ways I can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkyourtraining. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash sparkyourtraining. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential runners and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner to help you get stronger, faster, so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Lastly, if you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner and want one-on-one structure, accountability, and support, from our Healthy Runner coaching team, check out the behind the scenes video tour of our coaching program and the stories from many of our athletes who are struggling with the same sticking points that you are right now. Just head to programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening. Now go and crush your run today.